the wheat gather you into my barn in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And so, dear friends, we, uh, we, we can look at the events of the world and sometimes we can uh, perhaps be amazed, maybe frightened, discouraged, saddened. Uh, and at the same time, I will say, yes, that that is one reaction. But the more and more I look at things as they're going on and events as they take place, I think to myself, how privileged am I to live in these times? And, and let me explain to you why I say how privileged am I to live in these times. Because I remember many years ago now, maybe as a little boy, reading all that the church fathers, the popes and the saints had told us would one day take place. And I feel that today, everything that they had said that will one day take place I'm seeing it right happening before my eyes. All the pieces of the puzzle which didn't make sense at the time now start to make a lot more sense when we see uh, the events around us. And you know things are uh, heating up in the Middle East and as a result many uh, people are protesting uh, for, for whatever uh, human rights uh, events in relation to these uh, these disastrous things that are taking place in the Middle East. And uh, I think it's important for us, whatever takes place, that we understand them from the Catholic perspective. Because then, not only do they make sense, but then also we, we, have, uh, we are able to make a, an adequate response. Not necessarily in what we do, but in how we adapt our own frame of mind to the events that are taking place around us. And yes, we, we often people will say to me, well, uh, look at the injustice taking place uh, in the Middle East. Uh, and uh, they'll ask, but who, to whom does the Holy Land belong anyway? Does it belong to the Jews or does it belong to the Muslims? And the answer as Catholics is it belongs to neither of them. The Holy Land belongs to... Uh, the children of promise. The children of promise are the Catholics. It belongs to the Catholic Church. Uh, it doesn't belong to either of them. And it's true to say that the Muslims will say to us, but they, we've been here for a long time and they, the Jews came today and they stole it from us by force. Uh, and my response is, dear friends, all the lands that you Muslims inhabit today, you stole uh, from Christians. Uh, we wait for you one day to return it back. Uh, I don't think uh, we can hold our breath. Um, but the Catholic Church, in the words of St. Vincent Ferrer, acknowledged that God gave this land to the dogs, and he called referring to the Muslims, uh, as a punishment for our own infidelity. But the Church also understands that at the end of the day, it's not worth shedding blood just for the sake of land. But that said, it's a very important point that we must grasp in what's taking place. And that's why I say I am very thankful for uh, what we see happening today. Our Lord God himself had said to the Jews that one day, and among, with the prophets in the old law, particularly the prophet Jeremiah, that one day he would one day come and make with them a new covenant, unlike the covenant he made with them and their fathers. In the book of Jeremiah, he says, Behold, the days shall come, says the Lord, and I will come and make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, 
not according to the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day that, uh, took their, or that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, the covenant which they made void, and I had dominion over them, says the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will give my law in their bowels, and I will write it in their hearts. And this is the new covenant made in the blood of our Lord. Today, yes, we can see that these, these people who were once the chosen people, but have since become an accursed race. Yes, God maybe is using them through his own wisdom and providence to scourge uh, those who have, throughout their own history, have been a scourge to the entire world. That is the Muslims, the, the offspring uh, 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 of Ishmael. They are the scourge of the world. Perhaps God is using them to scourge those who have been throughout their history the scourge of the human race. But regardless of that, what is very important for us to grasp is that these people were warned by our Lord. They were warned by our Lord that their kingdom, says our Lord to them in Matthew's Gospel, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God shall be taken away from you and given to another nation, yielding fruit. Our Lord forewarned them. He forewarned them that they would uh, be cast off because of their rejection. Uh, therefore, behold, our Lord says, I send the prophets to you, wise men and scribes, and some of them you will put to death and crucify, and some you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute in city to city, that, you may, uh, that may come upon you all the just blood uh, that has been shed upon the earth, from the blood of Abel the just, even to the blood of Zacharias the son of Barachus, whom you killed between the temple and the altar. Amen, I say to you, all these things shall come unto this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou killest the prophets and stoned them that are sent unto you. How often uh, have I uh, wanted to gather you uh, together, my children, as the hen gathers her ch chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house shall be made desolate. And our Lord warned them that their temple would be destroyed. And he said to them, seeing all these great things, behold, there shall not be left a stone upon a stone, and they shall be all thrown down. And this took place in the year 70 AD. And there the, the, the Jews were scattered, uh, taken from one place to another. They, they migrated from one land to another. And many countries, uh, seeing the evil that they were doing, uh, cast them out of their own nation. Uh, and yet today, uh, by God's providence and plan, they have come back which, uh, to the land they longed for. But note that the Jews no longer have a temple, a priesthood, a sacrifice, and a high priest. All very important points that point to the fact that they, they have been forsaken by God that their religion came to an end with the destruction of the temple, or more primarily with uh, the death of our Lord on the cross. And that's why their rites and rituals are offensive to Almighty God. But these points are quite important. No temple. The, the temple was the only legitimate place that the Jews could offer a sacrifice, and particularly the sacrifice of atonement for their sins once a year, which was done only by the high priest. And now think about that. So for thousands of years, God 
uh, uh, inculcated on these people the importance of their duty to offer this sacrifice of atonement for their sins. And animals' bloods were shed. And God goes into great detail to explain to them not only uh, the ritual itself, the animals that are to be sacrificed, but even the very furnishing of the temple, the structure, the building, everything. And all of a sudden, gone, disappeared. That doesn't make sense. Not only does it make, not make no sense, but it, then it makes those commands, either they were ridiculous or their God is ridiculous, one of the two. But you can't have it both ways and say that it's still the same God-pleasing religion uh, if it disappeared for 2,000 years. Gone. No, no priesthood. They don't know which members of the household of the, among the Jews belong to the tribe of Aaron. So no one can legitimately offer the sacrifice. No priest. No one to explain and expound upon them uh, the scriptures. Uh, no prophets. They've not had a prophet. And no high priest. And you might not understand the significance of the no high priest. The high priest for them was literally, in every single way, the equivalent of the Pope for us. The Pope is infallible and in matters of faith and morals when he intends to bind all faithful. So was the high priest. He was infallible in faith and morals when he intended to bind all the people. He was the unifying uh, source of religion for these people. They have no unifying source. So that's why you see they are not only scattered, but also divided amongst them. Uh, you have the Zionist Jews, the Orthodox Jews, and all the trillion in one different types of Jews in between. And, you know, today they've, they've accepted this, uh, this so uh, perverted version of Judaism where they even have women ministers, and that would have been an abomination in the old law. Uh, it's just become a total farce of an empty religion. Uh, but these people from day one, St. Some, some Paul pointed out for us, they had a role in persecuting the church. St. Paul says, just as in the Old Testament, the child of uh, the bondwoman persecuted the, the, the child of the free woman. So likewise, they who are born according to the flesh will persecute those who are according to the spirit. That's why you see St. Paul himself, before his conversion, what was he doing with great zeal? Persecuting the church. He was there at the stoning of St. Stephen. Uh, and you will see that throughout the human history, their role has always been to be used as the instrument of the devil for uh, the bringing down of the church. And you see this uh, uh, today. And that's very important. And I say this not to say that, uh, I know today people often make this mistake that they try to say when you look at the cause of some event in human history that it was because of this or that. You can never say a cause of anything in history is because of one person, one group of people, or one event. It's many events, many things that come together uh, which have allowed these things. And all the things I spoke to you about last Sunday uh, are a perfect example of that. The French Revolution wasn't caused by one thing or one. Many things coming together. Everyone is accountable for their own sins. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying these things to simply point the finger. I'm pointing these things so you understand what I'm about to say now makes more sense. That's why I said at the very beginning we are so privileged to see all these things now coming to place because these people, they rejected the Messiah but they're still waiting for the Messiah and the Messiah that they are waiting for is the Antichrist and they will bring him in, they will usher in the reign of the Antichrist 
And St. Robert Bellarmine and the Church Fathers, Doctors, Popes, they're all very clear about this point. And St. Robert Bellarmine explains in great detail, which I'm not going to go into, but he says that there are six signs that we must believe in that are to come before the end of the world. And he says two of them will come before the Antichrist, two of them during the Antichrist, and two of them uh, will follow upon the reign of the Antichrist. And the first uh, uh, one is that the uh, end of the Roman Empire. End of the Roman Empire. Why? Because as Father of Dennis Fay explains, Satan wants us to forget that there is one true religion, the supernatural religion, established by our Lord Jesus Christ, the true God and true man. He wants us also to lose sight of the fact that there are organized forces working for the coming of the natural Messiah. And you see this, and as I said to you last week, both the, the, the world around us uh, and the hierarchy, they, are, they preach a naturalism. And, but at the same time, they also preach an inversion of the order established by God and his church. And this is why the cultural revolution is so important for them. Because they must, what's holding back, what's holding back the Antichrist is the, the Christian order of things which was established by the Roman Empire, which the church blessed. And Sir Robert Bellman then explains that this order of things which is holding him back, the Roman Empire and its structure, uh, which we see enacted in, in law, in all these things that we have, hierarchy, all these things will come to an end. Uh, this is what the, uh, they will work to, towards for the proclamation of the reign of the Antichrist. Uh, and secondly will be the uh, preaching of the gospel throughout the whole world. And we can say this has definitely already been accomplished. The, the gospel has already been preached throughout the whole world. And we, we kind of point this bit out every time we light the, the, uh, the candles for the altar. We light them from the epistle side. Uh, the gospel came to us from the east. And then we light them on the gospel side. The gospel will proclaim to the west and to the world. And at the end of time, at the end of mass, we extinguish from the gospel side and then the epistle side to sort of point out that, yeah, in the end, the apostasy will bring about an extinguish of the faith to a greater extent in the West where it was received and go back to, to the East before the coming of our Lord. And this is something that we will see fulfilled. Uh, this means that St. Robert ben points out that in the last days, once that structure is finally broken, and we see it broken down today, Power will go from the west to the east. And he is, just quotes the book of the Apocalypse, which points this point out. But the, the strength of power will come uh, uh, of the Antichrist. He will reign from the east, the Middle East somewhere. Uh, the church fathers will have their opinion. I'm not going to give you an opinion. Just say that he will reign from the east. And we are seeing this slowly today with the western powers, uh, slowly, slowly, uh, weakening uh, with the spread of uh, wokeism and uh, uh, socialism, communism, uh, undermining the Western fabric of Christian civilization. The third uh, mark uh, which will accompany the reign uh, of the Antichrist will be the preaching of the two prophets, Enoch and Elijah, 
who, as our faith teaches us, have not died. They will come back to preach and work wonders during the reign of the Antichrist uh, in order to restore two things. One, to bring back the Jews who our Lord uh, has not forgotten, nor will he forget. Uh, he will, uh, they will be brought back to the, to the household of God through the preaching of these great prophets, Enoch and Elijah. Elijah will pre- uh, Elias will preach largely to the Jews and uh, Enoch to the Gentiles, and they will work great wonders. In the end, after accomplishing great uh, work, they will be put to death by the Antichrist, and their bodies will be slain and uh, lay in the street for three and a half days before they are miraculously restored to life and taken up to heaven. The other uh, accompanying reality with the reign uh, of the Antichrist will be uh, the great persecution of the church. In those days, says St. Robert Villanen, the mass, the public mass and the public offering of worship will come to an end. Uh, There will no longer be uh, the public worship of the church. Uh, maybe private masses, but all the public ceremonies of the church will come to an end for a period of three and a half years because that will be the length of the reign of the Antichrist himself. And we kind of saw a little bit of a taste of that during the, the so-called uh, fake pandemic they, they posted on us. All the public churches and public uh, uh, religious ceremonies came to an end. We're not, we're not forbidden. We're, allowed, we're not allowed. Uh, and, you know, it was impressive for me uh, personally how they managed to get away with it and to see how, sadly, the church leaders were so zealous to comply. I, I wish they were so zealous to comply with the law of God as they were with the law of the world. Uh, uh, they'd all be saints without exception. Uh, but notice it wasn't only the Catholic Church. It was the leaders of all religions, true and false religion. So in the days of the Antichrist... The Antichrist will persecute everyone, not just those of the true religion, but also those of the false religion, because he is not going to preach Judaism, he's not going to preach um, any of the false religions or the true religion. He's going to preach his own religion. And what will that religion be? The Church Fathers uh, only point out, quoting from Scripture, that he will claim to be God, Uh, like our Lord. He will claim to be the incarnation of God uh, in the flesh. The the Antichrist will not be an incarnation of the devil. Uh, The devil can't perform uh, an incarnation. He he will simply uh, just be uh, a wicked man of great malice. But nevertheless, he will worship uh, the God of forces. It's a vague term that simply tells us not much. But it simply points out that he will promote his own religion to which all uh, must embrace and accept. And he will have great powers from the devil to work great miracles, what appear to be miracles, uh, lying wonders. And today, uh, lying wonders and miracles, all these things, uh, with all of our technology and the advancement of AI, so easy to to deceive people, so easy to make um, uh, people believe in powers and lying wonders. Uh, So the devil will have all of this vast amount of knowledge and technology at his disposal, which all the more makes him credible. And and in fact, really, even today, all all the tyrants in human history uh, would have envied our day 
If they could have the despotic power that a ruler has today, in their time, they would, have, uh, they would give their whole empire just for that. Today, they, they can know what you eat for breakfast just from uh, your iPhone, where you're located, what you purchased, what you're doing, uh, all the surveillance we've got. It's just profoundly amazing. Uh, and imagine that amplified by a few thousand times during the reign of the Antichrist. So it's going to be, in those days, a very severe uh, trying persecution for the faithful members of the church. Not going to be easy. Uh, but the, the saints have always said, in those days, God will reserve uh, the glorious and the greatest saints for those days. Because, St. Augustine says, in earlier times, they fought against the, the devil when he was chained. In those days, the devil will be unchained. And so God will reserve for those days the greatest and most glorious of saints. So God will not abandon his people, will give them all the more greater grace, courage, conviction to understand. And this is why I say it's so amazing for us to live in our time because our forefathers, when they wrote a lot of these things, it, they wrote them with conviction, but they didn't really make a lot of sense. Now we are seeing things and it all, all comes back. The puzzles, the pieces of the puzzle are all coming together and we think, wow. We never thought it would come together like that and we never thought we would live to see a lot of these amazing prophecies which were told to us uh, by the church fathers, uh, the saints, the popes and the theologians of the past. It's a great privilege for us to, to see, to witness uh, these things. The church fathers point out then that the reign of the Antichrist will simply be a period of three and a half years. His reign will be slow. Again, notice that he mimics our Lord. He will come uh, in a hidden. He will be hidden in his early years like our Lord. And then in a very short time, the church fathers say, uh, he will uh, obtain a great amount of power. Father Lehman, a famous convert uh, uh, to the church from Judaism, says that with the help uh, which will be furnished him by many anti-Christian societies, the enemy of our Lord Jesus Christ will be able to form a gigantic empire in a short time. And today, uh, it is so easy to mobilize a vast amount of people in such a short time. Uh, we have all these things. And we are, those things, when they were written, uh, we didn't really understand them. And I know that a lot of you, uh, you know, you often, often hear people talk about the mark of the beast. And my objection to many people is in their understanding of the mark of the beast is the mark of the beast cannot simply be just a mark or a chip as many of you it has to be something which is related to the worship of the antichrist or something that is uh, related to something immoral because those who have the mark of the beast will be uh, uh, instruments of punishment by god so it's not something purely material it will be something that will indicate that you subscribe to the, the worship, the, the reverence, the homage to the man of sin, the man of sin being the Antichrist. The church fathers have always taught there are many Antichrists throughout history, whether it's Luther, Stalin, Hitler, but I'm talking about the definitive Antichrist. The, and, and everything today that is working at, at work, that's what they are working for. They're, they're working for, and, and I'm not even saying that they're doing it knowingly that they are working for that. They think, a lot of them are probably sincere, thinking of their own 
promoting their own woke agenda, ideology, whatever. They might be sincere in that. They might be just thinking that they are doing such a great service. But when we look at it through the Catholic perspective, we understand actually they are being used as the instruments of the devil to usher in the reign of the Antichrist. It makes sense for us. Uh, and that's why for, let's say, and there are many good pagans who are waking up to what's going on. For them, it's quite depressive. For them, it is quite saddening, discouraging. Uh, for us, it should not be. And that's why our Lord in the New Testament says, when you see all these things, lift up your head because then you know your salvation is at hand. Don't be discouraged at these things. Don't be frightened at these things. Uh, and don't be afraid of what they say to you. I mean, people can accuse me of whatever they want, anti-Semitism, but Fa Father Dennis Faye, to a, I'm so grateful for, he wrote volumes and volumes and books on all this stuff, both from economics, politics, and religion. And he explained uh, that these, the, the Zionists are, uh, if you look at them, and he was writing in his day, at the head of almost every major corporation in the world, in the world, run by Zionists, not by accident. Banks, uh, socialism, communist countries, all run by Zionists. Hollywood, run by Zionists. How is that an accident? It's not an accident. But they are being used by the devil to achieve his agenda. So, and you can see why in those days God will send Enoch and Elijah to wake up his people, to wake them up. Uh, and do uh, not only as the wonders he did in his own time, and many rejected him. And our Lord says, I came in the name of my Father, and me you rejected. But he who comes in his own name, him you will receive, referring to the Antichrist. And you see this today. We preach Christ and him crucified and we are rejected. But those who come in the name of the world and proclaim a worldly gospel, the world receives them. We see this all around us. But it was already told to us by our Lord, not for us to be discouraged. The church fathers, in their opinion, he will reign from the temple. Which temple? St. Robert Bellarmine says it could refer to... Uh, the temple in Rome, that's interesting because Our Lady of La Salette says that the, Rome will lose the faith and become the city of the Antichrist. Definitely Rome has lost the faith and th this present Pope looks like he could be a good brother of the Antichrist, but certainly not, not the Antichrist. But more likely the church fathers say he will reign in the temple in Jerusalem because as you know the, the Jews are working to rebuild the, the, the temple the third time. And interestingly enough, when, when Julian the Apostate in the early history of the church, I think fourth century, tried to, uh, in mocking our, our Lord, tried to have the temple rebuilt, fire came down from heaven upon the workers and it was prevented, perhaps because it wasn't the time. Uh, and when the time does come, perhaps God will let them rebuild the temple to fulfill all that was uh, told to us by the prophets. Cardinal Newman explains that the temple that is in the Jewish temple, our Saviour's own words make us to support this notion when he speaks about the abomination uh, uh, of desolation in the holy place. The devil, as I said, uh, through the form of the Antichrist, will persecute all religion uh, because he is making himself the centre of all religious belief. 
uh, and the final sign will be uh, the uh, vast amounts of natural disasters. Uh, and, and perhaps for several reasons, God sends us natural signs uh, to speak to us, to wake us up through natural disasters. But also, uh, perhaps as St. Paul seems to remark, that when we rebel against God, nature uncannily seems to rebel against us. Uh, and sometimes I think that it's amazing that <clears throat> uh, the earth hasn't opened up and swallowed us on account of the vast amount of uh, our iniquity. You know, remember, it was, uh, funny enough, Our Lady complained uh, at, to Lucy that uh, World War I was a punishment for sins of men and that if they don't stop offending God, God will send them another punishment in the form of another world war. Uh, how, how much worse have we become since, since those days? Uh, so it makes sense that God would send uh, these, these things on account of our own, on account of our own iniquity, these natural things to punish us. These things will multiply towards uh, the end of time. But you can be sure, as Father Faber says, that at the end of time, the greater number of so-called good people will be on the wrong side. Be on the wrong side. Good people will be deceived. They, and as I say, all those uh, who are in the workers' uh, school today, they're perhaps they're sincere. And they're perhaps they're, on a natural level appear to be good, upright people. But they're working on the wrong side. Uh, they're working for a natural, naturalistic world, humanistic society which is precisely the principles of uh, the Antichrist uh, under the appearance of naturalism. The greater number of men will be on the wrong side. These things, says our Lord, I have told you that when the hour shall come, you shall remember that I told them to you. Many of us may never live to see the, the fullness of what I've said to you today, but some of you may. But either way, we must instill them in our children so that they understand human events are not just a sequence of things that happen. They are all profoundly related. They are all linked to the one goal of the Antichrist, that is to blot out uh, God and the name of his Christ. Salvation of souls is, a, uh, is at stake. And so to give you something practical to reflect upon, I just want to conclude today's words with the great insight of Father Dennis Fay, who says to us that all Catholics, by the very fact of their membership of Christ, uh, whole-time Christians, their attitude when leaving the church after Mass is not intended to be merely negative one of trying to keep themselves from being drawn into the anti-supernatural camp by mortal sin, while allowing social life to be moulded by the enemies of our Lord. It is intended to be the positive one of striving to organize the whole framework of society under Christ the King so as to favor the supernatural life. The second person of the Blessed Trinity came down to earth to propose the divine plan for order. We are meant to accept that program in its entirety and strive to impregnate the state, family life, education, and economic organization with the great truth of human solidarity in Christ's mystical body. The early Christians accepted all that our divine Lord stood for and did not uh, whittle down 
his claims. So much so like we must stand for his program in its entirety as to set as set forth by the sovereign pontiffs in their encyclicals and thus combat positively for the uh, organization of society based on the membership of Christ. Long live Christ the King. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Amen.